So hello everyone out there who is listening, hopefully there's quite a few of you. So we are here with the first episode, proper episode of Creative Space, myself and Alex Langley, hello. if you don't already know who I am. I'm Damien Wilde and that was Alex interjecting. It was. We have had a little bit of a break, haven't we? We've had a little bit of a break since launching things. Yeah, we, we wanted a, a bit of a time to settle almost, just to get ourselves set up and make sure that all the issues with the Discord were ironed out. And there are a few of them, to be fair. Um, they're mostly solved now. Yeah, moderating is difficult, isn't it? Yeah, especially, like, nice. we've had some some issues with spam and bits like that. And they've all been dealt with since. Um, so now we should be good to roll on this and actually just continue without cool. any issues. So, yeah. For the people who are listening, maybe don't know what the heck they're listening to, what this podcast is about. It's mainly just a way for myself, Alex, and hopefully Ryan, if he will listen to this and maybe thinking, why am I not on this one? Well, he's not available at the moment. Ryan Thomas Shaw is the third member of our initial trio. Basically, this is just a way for us to talk all things technology primarily. And then there's going to be other things that maybe affect how we make things on YouTube or how you, uh, the, the whole idea of the creator economy. I know there's plenty of other podcasts that might do certain things better, but from our little vantage point, we maybe have a little bit of a niche that not other people will have. And then obviously at the moment, the big talking point that people are interested in tech is like electric vehicles and specifically Tesla. Unfortunately, none of us own a Tesla, but they have just introduced their brand new full self-driving tier, which is part of a package of $199 per month, which is, to me, seems like it could be astronomical, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm not too sure. And you have a little bit more of a kind of insight into it all, don't you, Alex? You're well abreast of this story. I don't really know too much but i've got a fairly good idea of what it's kind of encompassing yeah I, I i get what you mean i mean there's so much happening in the space of electric vehicles at the minute there's lots of brands coming out new electric cars on like a daily basis we've got some from porsche we've got the volkswagen id series which is looking quite promising i mean i haven't personally looked into those cars so i'm not going to comment on them as such but i think the the biggest news this week has been tesla's self-driving subscription um it's 199 a month to go from the basic level of safety to full self-driving, but if you have the enhanced safety package, I, I'm not sure on the specific wording, it's 99 a month. Um, and if you want to buy them outright, it's $10,000 to buy the entire package. So what does that get you then? So it's for, 10, for 10 grand, what do I... I don't, I'm kind of confused about how this works because my interpretation was that if you can afford a Tesla, because they are bloody expensive, that you kind of would get some sort of autonomous driving because you see all the videos online of people doing it. So, like, is that... Is that new? Is that something that's kind of been in the pipeline for a while? And obviously Elon Musk likes to talk about it, but can it? So does this mean technically you could, the car will just do every single aspect of the driving experience for you? Yeah, so my understanding of it from what I've seen and, and watched online is that full self-driving is exactly what you see in those demos where someone will sit in the driver's seat, feet off the pedals, hands off the wheel, and the car will drive itself. So you'll indicate and it'll change lanes or it will just drive for you essentially, which is not necessarily a new feature for cars to have, but it's very new for them to be marketed in this way as an upgrade rather than a stock feature in the sense of a subscription now, especially. Right. Um, like there's there's a lot of people talking about Volkswagen and Volvo and other brands from the past um, where you have like adaptive cruise control and lane keeping assist and things like that. You know, they're essentially the same thing. It's just... So it's just like, it's like a step above yeah, that. Yeah, it's a step towards... Because I use cruise control all the time and my car, and I love it. So it just it just removes the user input that might be required if something goes wrong. The idea is that you should right. trust the system enough that it will do everything and it won't make the mistake. 
and it won't like hedge its bets. It will just be definitive. It knows how to drive. It will do it. I don't know how I feel about that. How do you feel? I, I feel like I kind of... I mean, I don't really like driving, to be honest. I've been driving for a long time, but I don't necessarily like driving. I, I find it a hassle. It's like a A to B thing for me. So it, for me personally, it sounds absolutely class that you could, you know, you could have your car basically do all of the boring bits that you don't want to do. And obviously, I, you drive you you drive an ice car, don't you? Yeah, I drive um, a two liter petrol Volvo right. V40. I really do like driving, to be honest. And I, I think that's probably down to the car as well. I just have a lot of fun. Um, I feel like if you've got a good sound system, you're probably set to drive long distances without any sort <laughs> of uh, discomfort. <laughs> it's more than just a sound. The car's more than just a sound system, though. You no, need it, to is. Be, it needs to actually be nice to drive. Yeah. I've drove some absolutely horrendous cars in my time, but I, I must admit, I've never, dri- I've never driven a Tesla. Um, I'm, I'm going to be able to try my first electric car in the next month. Uh, sorry, sometime next month. But we'll talk about that a bit later on. But. From a from a Tesla perspective, if you're an owner, this sounds I think this sounds quite good for two hundred two hundred dollars a month. But it depends. Is it? I'm guessing it's geo restricted. Is it only available in the US? Um, as far as like I'm that? aware, at the moment, full self driving is only available in America, um, which is just down to the laws more than anything. In the UK, you're not allowed to have fully autonomous vehicles. Yeah. So the like lane keeping assist and things that we've had in the past are sort of on that border of what is allowed and what isn't. Um, but full self driving, where because it's a double-edged sword because it defines itself as an autonomous vehicle which is great for the mm-hmm. markets it's legal in because they're like wow my car can drive itself i can i mean you can't be drunk behind the wheel but you know you don't have to pay as much attention although you should probably um but then obviously yeah, i'm here, guessing i'm like, guessing in their marketing speak they'll say won't they they'll be like oh you can't you can't operate the vehicle like be sat in the back of the car or something no, like that or you exactly. have to be have your hands available and stuff yeah but- technically you should have your hands on the wheel when it's driving like in the current form that I've seen um, in reviews of full self-driving, you need to have your hands on the wheel. And if you don't, it will tell you. But So, like, my limited knowledge of it, because obviously I know about the cars, I don't know about the packages that they kind of have. But didn't, haven't they, Tesla promised this previously, didn't they? They promised that they would give full self-driving as part of the previous package. So I wonder how the hell that's going to affect people. I wonder if there's anyone listening who's got a Tesla. The the problem is with Teslas, because neither of us are sat in one, we're also coming from a different place to probably the people who this is targeted at. But if you're buying a Tesla, like most of the time, you'll be buying one brand new because battery health and all that sort of thing. And there's a lot of different factors you've got to consider with electric vehicles that not everyone will. So you can obviously buy one used, but when you buy the new, you get the benefits of supercharging and bits like that. Mm. Um, and I just feel like... If you're buying it new and you're spending, like the Model Y, for example, is something like £130,000 or $150,000. What's another ten grand on top of that for the people who are buying those brand new? Yeah, true. True. See, this, this has got me thinking about the, the whole subscription model in a car thing. And I've got a friend who invests heavily in Tesla. And my interpretation of it is, and what he, he said to me, is that in the long term, obviously I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat where I don't really drive or work from home. I do obviously I do drive, but not very often. His 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 um, thought process or theory, I'm sure other people have had this, is that eventually Tesla will become a subscription service car manufacturer, a bit like a lease system. For me, it seems as though like if Tesla do go down this route of like doing subscription stuff, then companies like Uber and stuff could, well, I say Uber or like I don't know Transport for London or a big a big company for like public transport or whatever. You could you could eliminate loads of cars on the road, couldn't you? If you had full autonomous driving of every vehicle, and I'm sure that's a long I'm sure that's a long term play, but that's to me that sounds awesome because I don't really want a car depreciating on my drive. 
I don't want the hassle of having to go to the petrol station. I don't. Just recently, I've had to pay nearly 600 quid for service MOT and all the repairs that come with it. Like, obviously, 200 quid a month for self-driving is a completely separate thing. But if you could do, if you could, if Tesla could kind of distill that down into a different kind of package, that'd be absolutely phenomenal. All oh, right, okay, I need to get a lift to. Uh, the train station or to uh, I want to go across country yeah rent a car but you could pay I don't know 200 quid a month that's that for most people that's, and then you get access to a suite of vehicles that just drive you about drop you off like a taxi yeah that's to me sounds absolutely phenomenal and I'm not a huge fan of Tesla I'll say that but that if they can get in there first which clearly they have and they can prove it then the rest of the world will follow suit, won't they? We'll see. We'll, I'm sure we'll see self-driving cars in the UK. Yeah, definitely. In the next five or six years. Very easily, I but, but then, does that take away the fun of driving? Because you said you like it? I'm not sure. I mean, I want to correct myself as well, because I did say it was about $130,000. That's for, like, a top-end spec one. They do actually start at 100 and... No, sorry. They start at eighty-nine in the UK for the Model X. I've just searched that up now, just in 89, case. £89,000. And the, the thing that I have with self-driving cars is that personally, and I know, like, I'm 19, so I've been driving for two years, like, this will not be the case for everyone, but I really enjoy driving. I don't think I'd want a computer to do it for me. Um, it would be nice to yeah. have as a as a fail-safe if something did go wrong, or, like, like my car's got automatic braking in the event of someone pulling out in front of you, or something, like, a crash is imminent, it'll just slam the handbrake on for you. And I find that really useful because it's it has helped. I hear a lot but... of people complaining about that. Like, they don't like the fact that it breaks in the lane. They should want to have full choice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I could imagine Ryan would really hate this, even though he doesn't drive. Like, I like the little extras on your car, you know, like um, the, the sensors for when you reverse parking yeah. or, like, all those kind of things or, like, heads-up display kind of stuff. I think that's kind of cool because, A, it's less things to clean in the, on your dashboard. <laughs> but, like, there's other little aspects that I think are really, really neat and... I, it's weird. It's, it, the, the, it feels like they're putting actual technology into cars, and I fair play, fair play to Tesla to do, for doing it. They're going above and beyond what you would expect a car to do. Yeah. And that I can see this personally. I can see this being a huge selling point, even though it's two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, I mean, I would go for the subscription if I had a Tesla. At, at least for me, I'm paying roughly around that in insurance every month. Mm. Um, mm. So. And I mean, once you probably add up my Adobe subscription, my Spotify, this and that, it, it, everything yeah, probably adds yeah, up enough adds up, for the it? month. Although there is then the raising the point of like, if everything's on a monthly subscription, like it is going with Apple Music and with um, Apple Arcade, everything at the moment, like phone contracts, you can buy everything on a contract. Eventually, I just feel like I'm going to be at a point where I have everything on a contract and I don't own anything outright. Yeah, so although it's, or until you paid it off. Yeah, exactly. So... And that's actually a question. I, I do wonder, I haven't looked into it um, just yet, but I wonder if the subscription is something that you can pay off or if it is just $200 a month and that's it. But I'm sure, like, I mean, Tesla will go beyond it and say, okay, that 200 quid a month gets you X, Y, Z support and then insurance if something happens, probably. I, I really doubt it But then it I'm, seeing, I'm, I'm, re I'm, I'm reading here that it says if you've already purchased the enhanced autopilot package, which is you can't buy anymore, apparently, then it's ninety nine dollars a month, but I don't know how much I, I don't know how much that cost that originally cost. Yeah, well, I mean, the advanced autopilot is three thousand four hundred pounds, and that's quite a lot. But in the UK, you can get full self driving for six thousand eight hundred, so it, it's exactly half the price. So it's essentially five thousand mm. dollars for enhanced autopilot. If you pay that five thousand dollars up front, you get ninety nine dollars per month as a price. But obviously, you can't buy that anymore, so it's 
if you did pay that, you'd get half the price for the subscription. Um, but if you went full self-driving and bought it outright, then obviously you don't need to pay anything to get those features because you already have them. So I, I don't know which I go for. I feel as if I would just be more likely to buy it from the factory outright than to have to pay $200 a month for what is essentially a piece of software in a car. Like it, all the hardware is yeah, there. That, that just, yeah, that does make it feel a bit does make it feel a bit weird. But then, the the kind of people the kind of people who drive Teslas are the kind of people who don't necessarily what you would hope don't necessarily have to worry about the affordability. Of it. Yeah. Like, and if they're the only com- if they're the only car company that offer it, then that's hundred percent going to be a massive selling point, even if it is two hundred quid a month. Like, I can see like if you can do a month and then drop out if there's no like minimum term commitment, then say for instance you were in like deepest darkest cornwall i mean i don't know why you'd want to be there and you had to go to say the top of scotland and you just stick it in because i think is it it's an upgrade over autopilot which does almost full yeah, driving yeah so the it? autopilot almost... will like you can indicate right and it will take you yeah. into the right lane for yeah example. and it'll take it in the right but lane. i think full self-driving from what i've seen is just you give it a route and it does it all for you yeah like if i was i mean i'm sure you'd get in some sort of legal um issues with with this but say for instance you could do those long kind of journeys and pay just pay 200 dollars or whatever it happens to be in pounds if it does come to the uk mm. like that'll be phenomenal oh, i'm going on a long drive right right uh, bollocks to it i'll pay 200 quid for the month because some people will pay that in diesel anyway wouldn't they if you're driving a diesel yeah. car and then it t- for a full month you can do your long journeys and not have to worry like that'll be ace because even if I drive like two hours, I'm like, oh, after about an hour and a half, I'm like, I have lost interest. This is tiring because it just drains you, especially driving on motorways where there's nothing to see. Yeah. But then that, but then I suppose it's, oh, I don't know, there's danger it's difficult. elements, isn't there? It's really weird, isn't it? It's really weird, isn't it? The whole the whole thing's weird because the tech's really frigging cool. Yeah. Although the, not all of it is in your car. From what I've just seen on the subscription website, it does say that certain right. cars require... A full self-driving computer to be installed so and the price of that is not included as well ouch and i'm imagining that's not cheap so it feels as if this is really targeted to the people who are like going all out on a new tesla they're just going to buy it with that computer already so they don't have to bother retrofitting anything it'll just be done and i think the worst thing as well like this almost leads me into a different topic to do with tesla which is the fact that repairs and parts availability is just non-existent unless it's directly with tesla yeah i've watched a few there's a few fantastic videos on youtube about people talking about repairing tesla and stuff like that so this this just for people who you buy your car and you want to control all aspects of it this seems a bit like this is more of a an apple this is a cars, huge it? move away in it yeah this is such a huge move away like from your traditional paradigm of i buy my car i drive my car on the roads and then, like, maybe this is going to be good things for other car companies as well, though, because some people, obviously, electric car companies especially, they might say, do you know what? No, we'll charge you 60 grand for the vehicle and then an extra 10 and you get as close to full self-driving. Obviously, they've got to catch up on the tech, but they might offer it as part of the package and say, that's it. No updates. You pay for certain updates. That's it. I'm not a car person, but I kind of have an interest in electric cars. I find that a bit odd. Why would I care about electric cars? But... Maybe because it's it feels more like technology than um, mechanics, although there is mechanics, isn't it? What a lot of people have found with electric cars, and I was reading an article about this, is that the amount of maintenance you need to do to them is virtually non-existent compared to an ice car. And I think that that's also one of the things that I consider 
like if I was out there. You make a really good point there because like if you have a self-driving car and you you're not having you're not braking as harshly, you're not like putting as much wear and tear on the tires because the car's doing all of the management for you and turning at the right times and braking at the right distance, then in theory, in theory, I don't know, we don't know for certain do we because this isn't no one's got it yet, but you could potentially save money as a result of paying this two and a half thousand dollars extra per yeah. year in the lifespan of your car in repairs. Well, to be fair, I mean, people have been using full self-driving for a long time. It's been out in the beta. There's people I follow on Twitter who are using it. And like, as far as I've seen and heard, it's generally speaking, pretty damn reliable and pretty damn awesome as well. So it's like, I, I have the feeling that if you get full self-driving, you're essentially trusting the car to patch up those mistakes that you could make. So, like, if you were changing lanes and you didn't see a blind spot, you know, you'd be... Yeah, and you think you think about the UK, yeah. 100%, mate. You know, yeah. you know, you drive on the UK roads, you've been hit by another car. Like, I've I've had cr people crash into me and I've, I've bumped my car on, like, curbs and stuff like that. Like, if you take out of all of that... Like, all of that it's little potential things. for things to go wrong and get damaged. It... Yeah, human, human, human error, isn't it? You're taking away the human error. But, there are, but people will be like... Yeah, but you don't want the you don't want the computer driving. Computers already drive your cars. It's just how far they have in terms of power. Like, let's be honest. There's nothing about a throttle body anymore in a yeah, modern true. car. There's nothing about a throttle pedal that is mechanically linked. It is an electronic sensor feeding into the ECU, feeding into the engine, which opens up the throttle body. There's yeah. nothing anymore that is like mechanical unless you're driving a yeah. really old car or like a, a vintage thing. Tesla does get a bit of a bad rap, and I think it's it's more down to their community than the cars themselves. I think the cars are pretty damn solid. It's just the community of Tesla has sort of become semi-toxic in areas. Not all the way around, mind you. It's just the only thing stopping me from getting a Tesla is that like Tesla owners have become like, I don't know, BMW owners used to be. And it's uh, it puts you off a little bit, but I do respect the cars. So I feel like full self-driving, Tesla know what they're doing with it. They've been doing it now since 2013, they've been developing it since. And I think the subscription is probably the best way to go about it for people who didn't initially buy it outright. Because 10 grand is a lot of money for a retrofit. Yeah, I've, yeah, I think I feel like 10 grand is a lot of, yeah, because you're speculating, yeah. aren't you? I feel like- If you buy a Model 3, mind you, a Model 3 is like $40,000. It's still a lot of brass though, mate. That is- just... A quarter of the value of the car on just a bit of software. Yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like that that's like a kick in the cock, isn't it? That's yeah. a bit- bit of an odd one because with a 200 quid a month well for argument's sake we'll say it translates to 200 quid exactly yeah at least you can drop it when you don't need it no like, oh, i'm not yeah. i'm not driving anywhere i'm only doing short drives there's no point using i, I don't really i want to do it myself or and no the, one's forcing anyone to do it i suppose but mm. it, it seems it seems a bit like very tech industry doesn't it? it doesn't feel like car industry no you wouldn't see you wouldn't necessarily see audi or via uh, BMW or VW or anyone like that, you wouldn't expect them to do something like this. No, but I think that's what Tesla are after, isn't it? They're after like a market changing, an entire game changer, and I think that's essentially what they've done. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can't whether whether people agree or like Tesla or not. The and I'm, I'm would definitely put myself in the latter camp. I'm not a huge fan of them. They definitely make the best electric car, save maybe one, the Polestar Two, which yeah. I think has been getting good reviews and luckily I'm going to be getting some time with it at the start of next month. If someone said to me, if they said, oh, we're going to offer it as well, then I'm sure it, it'll it be an interesting proposition because mm. people will just pit, everyone with an electric car is pitted against a Tesla. 
and this is another differentiator in the market for people who are looking for a car. I mean, how many people buy cars at the end of the day? I don't know. I don't know anyone who has bought a car in the last two or three years. So me personally, if I was looking to buy one, it would 100% be electric. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what this car's like, um, the Polestar 2. Yeah. But if it had a, if it did have a self-driving option, a bit like this, I definitely would think I would consider it, even though, like I say, I don't want a car in the long term. Yeah, I think that's that's maybe summed it up perfectly, hasn't it? Because not it's not for everyone, clearly. Full self-driving is not... You don't need it with the Tesla. There's enough safety features built in already, especially if you get the advanced autopilot package. Um, yeah. The, the one thing that I would say would annoy me about full self-driving is that if you do pay the 10 grand for it as an upgrade... You can't then transfer yeah. that to another Tesla if you were to buy it. So that ten thousand dollars. Oh, that would annoy the shit yeah. out of me. Yeah, that would be. And so it doesn't annoying. add that much value to the car either because there's no guarantee that it will stay with the car. Because from what I've read, if the Oof. car ever belonged to a dealership, like if you bought it directly from a dealership secondhand or used or uh, or new or whatever you can imagine, like approved used, um, yeah. Then that car being sold onto someone else means that Tesla could deactivate the full self-driving even if you paid for it. So people aren't gonna oh. accept the extra value as much as they probably would if it was guaranteed. Oh, yeah, that would be painful. So that would be that's painful. probably the worst thing about it, I reckon, is the fact that it's not guaranteed to be transferred when you sell the car. So that, that 10 grand is like the ultimate depreciation, really, isn't it? But what about the people who are Tesla drivers and hardcore Tesla fans and go on about straight-line speed and saying, oh, we can do not to 60 in a third of a second or some bullshit? What are they going to... If they get full self-driving, they're not going to have that... Well, they're still going to have that element, but... The car's not going to use that for them, is it? No, exactly. So that one I mean, area both so the computer's never going to let you do do not to sixty in that amount of time, are they? So you'd have to go. You so you your self driving there is almost lost, mm. isn't it? Like you look at the Model X played and it's got one thousand and twenty horsepower. It does not to sixty in two and a half seconds. And that's an SUV with seven seats. I mean, there's not many SUVs that do that. But as soon as you put it in full self driving, the car is not going to be flooring it to try and do it in those two and a half seconds. No. But then I guess that also begs the question about electric cars having so much power i don't i feel like don't they're they more need of a, that much power that's like you don't need it no do they, they, the grand they don't but i feel like it's useful in some situations especially as tesla has almost become the kind of porsche of electric like they're fun cars but they're also semi-practical and especially with the range that they've got like you've got the model x is like the porsche kn it's the suv then you've got the model 3 which mm. or the model s which is like the porsche 911 you know you've got the whole range and they blend into normal. You're sounding life. like a fanboy. I am, I am mate. You definitely sound like a fanboy. I'm fan not a fanboy yeah. because I take a Polestar <laughs> over a Tesla any day. But you have a whole <laughs> range, and it can suit your daily life. And I think full self-driving just integrates within that as a great option that people can go for. And I think I've kind of convinced myself throughout this 20, 28 minute discussion. You, you are going to be a Tesla. No, no, no. I've convinced myself in the past twenty eight minutes that essentially I would go for the subscription over buying it outright. Because ten grand is oh, just I, I, a lot yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think that I am not massive. I don't like the fact that, like you say, nearly everything feels like it's going subscription. But sometimes that makes the it makes a lot of sense for the companies doing it. But sometimes, as a consumer, it actually gives you an option yeah. because you're not. I mean, you don't own anything, but in theory, you've never owned anything like it with with regard to software. Yeah. Obviously, the license agreement means that you can't like reverse engineer things. Yeah, you have a copy that you can use, which is the own, which is the biggest problem, isn't it? That people are going to absolutely lambast me for. But I agree. I agree to an extent. It is nice to be able to buy um, 
piece of software, but a lot of the stuff that I subscribe to, like you mentioned Creative Cloud, I could have never afforded for the master collection. No. I could have never paid £600 for one piece of software. So I'm hoping that this, I'm hoping, I'm wondering if this might end up turning into like a, a full lease style package deal. I'm sure they will. I'm sure that it won't be lost on them. For the people who have owned self-driving before in the beta, they obviously paid for that. They obviously get this update to the official full self-driving. So it's been rumored that a subscription will be coming, but the fact that you can now subscribe and lease features on your car instead mm -hmm. of paying for them outright might, as you say, for like certain trips that you maybe don't want to drive the whole thing for, definitely could be a trend that you might want to actually adopt and you might want to actually use. But it, it obviously does all come down to your specific use case, like a lot of stuff that we talk about in tech, like mm -hmm. with phones especially. Mm -hmm. It's always whatever suits you is usually what you should go with, even if someone's opinion says different. A hundred percent. So I think we'll end it there because we've rambled about a subject that we do not know or are not qualified enough to probably yeah. talk about. If you've again, if you've got any thoughts, by be sure, by all means, uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Be sure to, if you've made it this far to listening, I hope you remember the Discord. There will be links in the show notes to Discord, social media, websites, all of our channels, and yeah, this is hopefully the start of a more regular podcast schedule. Um, and we're going to be talking all areas, things that maybe interest us. And if you've got any ideas of your own, hey, by all means, tell us. We the idea is to have a kind of a a project where people actually have input. I think sometimes it can feel like you're talking to the void. It's sometimes. a what? It's a one way. Yeah, sometimes that you're talking to the void. So I'm hoping this has been interesting. Yeah. Uh, as always, I've been Damien, and I'm absolutely sweating. So I'm going to have to go. <laughs> Thanks for thanks for chatting with me, Alex. Cheers. We definitely chose the hottest day of the year as well. So uh, we chose the hottest day of the year, and we chose maybe not the hottest topic. No. Um, definitely one that I think we'll our opinions might be different. Whether that's a good thing or not is up to the listeners. But yeah, thank you to everyone for listening so far. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this first episode, and we will catch you all in our next episode, which at the moment doesn't have a topic. So if you'd like us to choose, then please let us know in the Discord, which you'll find in the links below. Thanks for listening. Thank you.